millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Under the Radar with me, Sean Hughes. Today, I have Ash Ditter back in and uh, Nish Kimur, uh, first time virgin to the whole yes. bloody process. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having that virginity removed from me. Oh, it's, it's coming your way. And also, <laughs> uh, we've got... Uh, a kind of, we can't say his name, it's Mr X, but he's a recruitment officer for MI5. And we're going to talk about the fact that if you have got a tattoo, you can't become a member of MI5. Do you know that, Nish? Is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. My God. Well, I don't have a tattoo, but I think there are other reasons why I couldn't be joining MI5. I think I'd probably fa- fail. Well, I saw Skyfall, and I think I'd have failed every one of those fitness tests. And I don't think I'd have, like, Judy Dench's goodwill to, like, fake that I passed it like but James Bond did. I'm not being anyway kind of uh, slightest in the sense, but the fact that you look slightly Indian... There's no doubt that I would be an asset. Yeah. Let's face it. Somebody recently described me as because I said something like about me getting stopped. I I'd, I'd like had a bit of a tricky thing through customs, and someone was like, "It's weird because you don't even look like a terrorist. You look like one of the ones that works for us." And I don't know whether to be <laughs> flattered or offended that by that. Brilliant. One of the ones. <laughs> one of brilliant. the ones. That's what. That's, that's what, what you want, it's isn't like. It? He, my friend, looked very confused as and to why I was. Just went, Shh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the other ones. <laughs> It's the perfect cover. I've been masquerading as a befuddled, mal-coordinated jerk for 29 years. If they do any background research, they'll be like, there's no way this guy is a spy. He... Now, anyone who doesn't know Nish, uh, he's one of the best of and coming comics, but most people will know you from that series of Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly, uh, what I'm famous for is uh, playing the shaman in... Uh, in Blue Go Mad in Ibiza, yeah, uh, which was on ITV2. Um, I was watching that going, that's not Mitch, is it? That surely can't be Mitch. What is he doing? Did they just went, did your agent just go, do you want uh, to trip what, to Spain for a week? All I will say is, if you offer stuff to me while I'm at the Edinburgh Festival... I am so sleep-deprived, there is a good chance I will say yes just to end the conversation. But was it like you just went, look, you just have to... It's an acting job, but you're in Spain for a week. It was basically... The way that they sold it to me was... And it's kind of what the show is, was that it was, you know, a fake hidden camera show where Blue didn't... Blue thought that they were running a bar... But in fact, everybody around them were comedians. So everyone else in there, most of you the were other... the only comic. Don't no, no, start no, putting all... everyone else in Ed there. Ed Gamble was in there. Oh, I don't know. He's a... There's a lot, and then uh, some, uh, one of the guys from Clever Peter, and they're more like sketch and character performers. So they're people that I know, and um, you know, I think the lines at points got like I. It was sold to me as like a really fun, like a comedy show about reality TV. And I think slowly the line started to get blurred between no, what is I'm, a I'm not having that. I, I will try and defend myself at all yeah. for the purposes, but they pretty much went to you going, we're taking the piss out of Blue and we want you to play a character. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, where, and where, then, where and were the lines said, blurred? And then they said it's in... Well, because what actually happened was I think 
they, they suddenly they realised that Blue might get offended. And so when we actually got out there, they were like, well, maybe you should not. Did maybe Blue, did so Blue actually, think you, you were... OK, you seem <clears throat> to be looking at your arm, though. I've got, I've got some sort of tennis elbow, but don't worry about it. You carry on. <laughs> did, did Blue genuinely think you were a shaman? Is that the deal? Yeah, that, I think that was supposed to be the deal. But it was, it was quite tense, because I think Blue maybe had started to twig that something was going on. But anyway, I basically thought this will be a really fun, uh, like, jaunt in Ibiza for two days, for, like, a week after Edinburgh... So I said yes. And then when I got out there, I found it honestly the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. It was in the what most way? stress. I just, it turns out I don't have the constitution for pranking people. I suddenly started feeling really guilty. Yeah, it's a special about, yeah. yeah, I think you have to be able to, like, I just felt really tense That's the whole time. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite tense as well, but I love pranking people just in general. It was like, it turns out that I don't have the stomach for it. And it was so weird being in, because the bit that we filmed in is easily the most beautiful place I've ever been to in my life. It was this quiet beach on the north you're side from, of my beach. You're from Croydon, though, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I haven't I've systematically had my standards <laughs> lowered from birth, but. It was the most spectacular place I've ever been in my life, and all I was doing was having panic sweats. That was all I was doing. It was just. I think well, pranking. We, we talked about that in the like last pranking. show. Do you get panic sweats anyway? No, I didn't until I started pranking Blue. See, ask us what you need to do if you want panic sweats. I, I can sweat if I do more than three paces. I'll sweat. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't get when I freak out. I don't panic. I just get shocking stomach pains. <laughs> it all manifests differently, doesn't it? I think yeah, that's cancer. In different ways. Well, it could be, but I'm not going to find out until... <laughs> until you go to the doctor, so <laughs> sort that nonsense out. Yeah. And so you're on tour niche with uh, Milton Jones at the yes, moment? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, in the middle of Milton's... In the middle of one of the legs of Milton's uh, yeah. year-long tour. Um, and we're having... It's a lot of fun. It's a, I tell you... It's, Is it, though? Because I can imagine being a sport act is a nightmare. Well, the thing is, it can be in certain places. There are certain... But I, uh, one of the things that I've started doing is diffusing the tension by coming out and going, look, I am aware that I am an irritant to you, um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be fine. Because being a support act is like a buy one, get one free. Is that with the terrorism thing? Or... <laughs> just anything... I, just when you're getting in the way of somebody seeing the person that they want to yeah. see. And the thing that... I, two things. One, I've started making a joke about it by saying it's like a buy one, get one free, but you're all thinking we only wanted one. And then that seems to diffuse some of the tension almost because people go, oh, he knows we don't want to see him. And that seems to relax people. And then also just accepting that there are some people that so just aren't going to like it. when you go out, yeah. is there a little bit of... Mm. No, because... The way that Milton does it is he comes out as a character. So he comes out as his own great uncle at the top of the show. So I think in some ways that makes it easier because they've already... They know Milton's there. Yeah. They know he's there. And also somehow seeing him actually in the same stage as me as we cross over, it gives me some legitimacy, Lenses. I think, yeah. yeah. And so I are, think you, like, are you a similar um, type? Because I always find that with bands, when you go and see a band, and then, you know, you go and see... A rock band, and they start off on a. An, Ash, when was the last time you went to see a band? Well, uh, clearly, well, the fact I said a rock band, I'll tell you that. It was the early 80s. Deep Purple. But, like, the, people, the support band are never the same genre as the main band. So yeah. I'm interested in comedy. Is it. Are you. Do you go on and do. Uh, do you have a similar vibe to Milton? No, no I, it's totally different. Uh, and, I, and Milton likes to pick people who are completely different. 
because right. I think he part of him having a support act is a way of him. He's constantly thinking about ways to just humiliating people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of what Bill he's one liner man, isn't he? Yeah. Put me out. I mean, he really likes to break up the one liners because he says he always says that like if he just did an hour of jokes, he, people might find it relentless. So he has his characters. He uses a, an OHP and kind of cartoons that he's drawn. And part of the support act is to give the audience a change of rhythm. Yeah, I, can I think if he had that. if he had a one liner person opening yeah, yeah, for yeah. him, it would be so the people that have supported him are like Chris Martin, who is a storytelling based stand up, James Acaster, who is a kind of mixture of observation and storytelling, but the only thing the three of us have in common is that none of us are one liner comics. Yeah, yeah. So I think he and quite likes So have you got an opening line now that you have to is your banker at the start? Yeah, the but coming out and saying buy one, get one free. They, yeah. There is a genuine sense of relief. Like it's really funny because the audience kind of know, great. He's under no illusions. We're not here yeah. to see him. It's fu- like it's like almost like I've lowered my status, and they go, great, cool, okay. And and then some of them relax, and also just some of them aren't going to enjoy it, and that's fine. Because I when I I saw Radiohead about. They supported Milton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they opened with one line. It's a very bad idea. Yeah. It's a very bad idea. Um, when I saw Radiohead, Beck did an hour support, and it was amazing. And he had, like, they'd, like, made a film. in. It was in, I saw him in Edinburgh, and they filmed a thing in Edinburgh, and they had a puppet show, and they had things where they were, like, they were playing uh, cutlery and stuff on the day. So there was so much stuff mm. going on. And a man just next to me went... When's this going to be over? <laughs> so, and after that, you sort of think... That, that was meanish. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Sean, but, miserable. But that's the weird thing of... I don't think I've ever seen a support band where I just went, oh, my God, these guys are good. Um, Have you? Uh, uh, See, look, you're well, thinking... Beck, Beck was amazing. Yeah, we've had that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I saw... Oh I saw T'Pau supporting Ryan Adams. Who? T'Pau. Tapau. Tapau. China in your hands. Tapau. Yeah. No, she was good. Even when they were the top slot, they were shit. Yeah, no, she she, she was... The last support band I can remember seeing was Tapau. <laughs> How did they ever get any further? I saw the Noisettes support TV on the radio. They were good. And I saw mm. Bat for Lashes support Beck, and she was very good. You're obsessed by Beck, aren't you? Not Beck. I saw Bat Flashes support Radiohead. I'm obsessed by Radiohead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you download his last thing? I haven't got his uh, his second solo album. I would like to because I very much like the Eraser. But the kick, the King of Limbs, I didn't enjoy. That's the first Radiohead album where I've gone. I think this might be too much for me now, lads. Um, but See, I, weirdly, I've, I saw Radiohead play really small venues mm. when they started off, and they were rubbish. Really? Yeah. I didn't wow. really get them at all. It was just before Creep came out. Mm-hmm. But um, I, like, I love them. Like I thought the Benz was one of the best albums ever. Yeah. And then I think they got too much into themselves after that, didn't they? Well, that's the kind of nice thing about Radiohead is that you can... It's like, if, you, if you're into all of it, great. But even if you're not, there's about three different bands' worth of music that you can pick from. So if you like the Benz, that's great, and it, uh, Pablo Honey's a bit like that. Then you've got sort of OK Computer, which is its own weird little thing, and then there's all of the stuff since then, so Kid A. and Which but, I thought was quite good. Which is, re- I think is really great. But the also, Fish Song, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> the Fish Song, yeah. What, what? Don't take the piss, Nish, what is it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You have to get Tom York on here to defend his weird lyrics. I'm just saying that's quite a good song. But <laughs> it, it is that thing of... Uh, but what age do you know, Nish? 29. Seriously? Yeah, I'll be You've had a rough old life, year. haven't you? Yeah. 
It's amazing how quickly for me. I thought you were the same age as me and Ash. It's amazing how quickly that has gone. Like for years, everyone was like, "I can't believe you're that age. I can't believe you're that age." Now people say it, but just with a different. They're like, "I can't believe you're that age." Twenty-nine. Yeah, I'll be thirty in Edinburgh this year in August. Oh my god! Like Ash, like Mm. so. I'm not taking the piss. You didn't have niche down for twenty-nine, did you? No, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is what the it's the beard. I'm confused by beard. Well, like, yeah. Young Mike people, young people you. have beards. It, uh, London has, must now be at max beard. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and middle aged people don't have beards. Why? Why have you got the beard then? Uh, I, I don't know. I just I always really hate that. Sounded shaving. like the beginning of a. Hair I was so hoping song. you were going to say. Uh, <laughs> I. It was down to the feel. I fear. <laughs> But and you disappointed me by just. I was hoping you were going to say. I was hoping you were going to say it's religious, and I'm offended. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm a, I'm a huge worshipper of beards. I'm subscribed. I'm part of a religion that worships Brian Blessed. How, how long have you had the beard then? Since about 2010. That's Two, yeah. five years ago. Yeah, about five years. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I. Hate That's what shaving. you could have said. Five years ago. I've. I lose track of what year I'm. Unless you're that yeah. so much of an egotist, you're going. Uh, and for the biographers, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm sure. But is it is it laziness or it's sort like of laziness? It. And then I and then I started quite liking it. Um, it suits you. It don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's a good beard as well. Yeah. I can't grow a beard. It's a so, it's a solid but beard. Like, all right, tell me this then, like yeah. you know, because like you know, you're kind of dark skinned. Yeah. Uh, do you get any shit? No. Seriously. No, not really. Like, uh, you know, the, the, I certainly don't get, like, I certainly don't get any more shit with the beard than I would without the beard. Well, think, to be surely honest. people must think you're a Muslim. Yeah, people do. But yeah. very often those people are themselves Muslim and they just want to know directions to a mosque. That is genuinely something that used to happen to me. I used to live in Brixton and all the time people would come up to me and, like, to, start talking to me in Arabic... Um, and I just have to really politely go. I'm, no, you can do it. I speak fluent. <laughs> I just sort of look at them like I'm really sorry. I've got no. I have no idea. <laughs> Surely no you just idea. go. There it is. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like hard to know. Fortunately, I liked hanging around outside mosques, so yeah. it's always good for just me. There I always there. know where it is. Just behind us. Turn around, man. But so you don't get any nonsense then, because like I just know, uh, especially what you know, the situation we're living in now, that um, people will just have a go for. The sake of having a go. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Maybe I'm just not going to those places anymore. Like when I, I remember after what Chelsea no- games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's no way I'm going near Stamford Bridge again. Um, or kind of a Paris tube station. Yeah, I mean the only the the one thing that I would be I'm very reticent about with that whole Chelsea thing is all other football clubs are like, yeah, Chelsea. Covering up the fact that they also have huge numbers of racist fans. Arsenal don't. Are you sure? Yep. What do you mean by that, Ash? Not a single one of them. (laughs) Have you... Ash actually doesn't actually follow football, but he hangs out outside for a, <laughs> yeah, a kind of job. Just clipboard just saying, <laughs> are you or are you are not you on, a, on a level of one to five. <laughs> oh, did you see what Paddy Power did at the League Cup final? What? They put up a stand that said, hey, Chelsea fans, prove you're not racist by celebrating diversity with Paddy Power. And they're inviting Chelsea fans to, like, stand next to... the And they dressed, presumably dressed Paddy Power employees as ethnic minorities and just had Chelsea fans stand next to them. And I was like... And I mean, just when you think... Your agent companies. didn't get you that job? Yeah. 
Nish, I've got a gig. Now, before you say no, it is you will get to meet Ray Winston's floating head. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing, like, with Ray Winston as well, like, his gambling thing. I think gambling's horrific. Yeah. And him doing that just puts me off him totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I think... I think you have to think very carefully about... I, it, I, I try not to get on my high horse about people doing adverts, because, like, you know... Well, you on a high horse is Lawrence of Arabia, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, hang on. Me on a high horse is someone who was with Lawrence of Arabia. Me well, on a yeah, high horse is yeah. Omar Sharif. It's somebody who's in the gap. Is <laughs> Omar Sharif is a big gambler. <laughs> oh, we've brought it all centred. <laughs> but I just think sometimes you've got to think very carefully about what you're advertising and what it might do. I bet Ray Winston gets offered loads of adverts... And you, you just sort of think there must be part... Wasn't there part of it? Uh, the, like, the, oh, that debate, we have that debate all the time. I, I, you know, it's been going for years, isn't it, the advert debate? I think, I think it's lost. We're doing though. adverts in yeah. general. Mm. Would you do an advert, Nish? I've turned down a bunch of them. I won't do them. Yeah. Because, like, like, this is a but, very solid point where I just think, if I'm going to go on stage and say what I want to say... Yeah, Exactly. I can't let anyone pay me to say something exactly. at the same time. Exactly. That's all I'm, I'm coming from. And I'm not going to give anyone a hard time, like, if they want to make a living doing yeah. that. But I just find a, uh, a debacle, in a sense, like, and I just, I, just, I just think those people are soulless. For me, personally, I just think that if one day, if I did a Barclays advert, and then one day I wanted to write some material about how Barclays were, you know, helping arms dealers launder money or whatever it is, you just would, you'd immediately lose your credibility to do that material, especially with a Milton Jones. Or yes, <laughs> they're very well. There's, he's got a huge number of Radio know, Four fans joking, in there, yeah. so there is every chance that if I started, if I did a Barclays advert and then just started, you know. But so, so tell me, so how did you get into comedy then? Uh, I was, at, I always wanted to do stand up, but I was at university and it they there was like a there was. Where a were you sketch, at university? Durham. Lovely cathedral. Lovely cathedral. Absolutely That's glorious. That's pretty cathedral. much it, though, isn't that it? That is... No, there's a lovely castle, which is across the road from the cathedral, and then after that, yeah, struggling. Yeah. It's a, it's a great place to go to uni. I, I, really I, I, I played Durham uh, a couple of years ago, Good. and I was in the uh, Costos, beside the theatre I was playing. Yeah. And the guy who was running it went, what are you doing up here? <laughs> And you'd think in Durham they kind of know what was happening there. Yeah. But he had no idea. I just went, <laughs> I'm playing next door. next door in about <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> That's the... It's a great place. It was an amazing place to go to uni. It's really nice. What did you study? English and history. Exactly what, though? Uh, well, so it's half an English literature degree and half a history degree. And so I did, you I did my dissertation on Salman Rushdie... I did a module about revisionist history, reappraising the power of the Nazi state and to what extent people bought into the ideology and to what extent Germans were willingly participating in it so that they could get personal gain from it, um, which was really did, interesting. What, what did you come to then? What conclusion? Uh, I, you know, it's one of those things where they just they, they found a, a bunch of cases that they were trying to build this idea of that actually the Gestapo didn't have as much power as we think it did. And some of the people were reporting people to the Nazi party. Like one woman, they found a case of a woman who basically reported people to the Nazi party because she wanted she wanted to move into the flat next door, knock down the wall, and have yeah. a bigger house. And so she were, and they they found a bunch of examples about this. And so they were trying to. Did you have to Google that. Yeah. Which, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just put Nazis into Wikipedia. <laughs> I just, you know, I cited Inglorious Bastards as a source. My degree did not go well, Sean. <laughs> but Ash, did you go to university? Yeah. What did you study? Classics. Ooh. Like Johnny Denver and stuff? Like, yeah, yeah, all the old classics. Yeah. Yeah, early yeah, Sinatra. I wrote it in an attic. Um, That's how you got no, into Tapal. I did, uh, yeah. It was very... Uh, ancient, uh, ancient history, China in our hands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did ancient history and d- d- philosophy and all that drama. Yeah. So you don't go philosophy. People always do that philosophy and all that. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much good. This makes no sense. Look, I got a third. Is all you need to know. <laughs> is that? So I didn't read really it. Yeah. It's not very good. See, I, what I love about the Irish education system, right? Even with secondary school. Yeah. Like you call them A levels and O levels. We call them inter. And leaving cert. <laughs> so you're going, fuck off. Leaving cert, yeah. Into, you might hang out for a bit. Yeah. If you stay for your leaving, then you fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was deal. as simple as that, like, you know. But yeah. weird, I did media, but... Um, but, like, did you find it was just a lot of doss and about, or...? It was one of those things where you could really engage with the course and study if you wanted to. There was a lot, there was very little. There was about like how many six to eight hours teaching classes, time. yeah, six to eight hours worth of teaching time. But I knew people who were, yeah, a week. It was right. just nothing. But I knew people that really were motivated and interested in their subject. And I think there's part of me that would like to think I would have been, but I started doing comedy really at the beginning of my second year. And so in Durham, yeah, in Durham. So basically, we but were, was there anywhere to do it in Durham? It's like a student theatre. So there were there was a sketch group that was six of us, and we would write a show a term, do it in the student theatre and then take the best of those three up to Edinburgh. So I first went to Edinburgh in 2006. Um, he, he loves his dates, doesn't he? Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't go, like, four <laughs> years ago. He just, it's always like, here's my bio yeah. all, all the well, way. Well, listen, I'm a history student. I'm yeah. a stickler for I dates. I that. Absolute stickler for dates. And so then, what, so you did that, so you went to Edinburgh as a sketch group yeah. initially. Yeah. And then you went, hey... I might start doing my stuff. Well, my two of the guys I was at university with were keen to sort of do a bit of stand-up, so we started doing bits of stand-up at university. So I started doing a little bit of it. I thought, oh, I can't fancy that. Then I moved to London and then sort of slowly managed to kind of push myself into actually doing open mics in London. And then... But do you think you were born to do it, though? I don't know. I feel like... Will you stop, then? I don't know if I can. <laughs> like, I That's think... That's a weird laugh. I don't know if I can stop now. <laughs> I I really... I, for, I, I just... I, since I was a teenager, I've been obsessed with watching stand-up. I went to see Ross Noble do a theatre show in the West End. And, where he pretends to make it up. Yeah, where he pretends to make it up, yeah. And I thought, this is the Two nights running, it world. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that show and I was like, this is the coolest man in the world. And then I started watching, you know, the prior DVDs. You can mention me at this point. Then I started watching Sean Hughes, all his, all of it. <laughs> all of it? All of it. The whole Just lot? All of it. All the whole of it. Have you got that whole lot one? I've got the whole back yeah, yeah, yeah. one. That's I've good. got the That's exhausted good. Sean Hughes. That's good stuff, right? <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I've, I've been obsessed, I was obsessed with it for a long time. Um, That's what I mean, so you feel you are a stand-up? Because, like, yeah. you get people who are... Doing stand up, and there's people who are stand ups, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I've got no agenda to. Uh, my dream is to be able to tour as a stand up. 
and that's that would be like my ideal thing and i'd like to do stuff that will allow me to just keep touring and writing new shows and like be doing more stuff with blue yeah doing a bit more stuff with blue if possible a1 if five <laughs> are around and looking to get punked i would be very keen i don't know if anybody at jazz fm can make that happen um but yeah, no, I just I loved it. We so. are in Jazz FM studios, by the way, just in case you didn't get that reference. <laughs> this is not a Jazz FM. <laughs> I didn't know. I've not been funny. I didn't know Jazz FM. I thought you can't find it on the dial anymore. Is it on the internet? Well, hang on, no, it's, it's, we're yeah. festooned with banners. One of them yeah. must no, have some information about. I'm it, aware so. now that it exists, but I can't. Yeah, but it's just. I used to love Jazz what, FM. I used to put it on. Seriously? Yeah. Now and again. Well, what do you listen to now then? I listen to jazz in other places. No, but Anywhere what, what radio do you listen to? <laughs> I don't really. I don't read newspapers. No, but when you channel I don't know. I'm bored of everything. I've got no interest <laughs> in any kind of media at all. I what? watch box sets. What about you, Nish? What radio do you listen to? I listen to podcasts now. But do you not, like, when you wake up in the morning, just there's... Radio, radio 4, the news. Really? Yeah. See, mm. with me, it's 5 Live, even though every day it's talk the same sport. thing. I like going. Talk Sport. Here's an issue. Here's someone who agrees with it. Here's someone who doesn't agree with it. Let them talk. I do think I do like I do like talk sport now and again. I never listen to talk sport. But I told you the funniest thing I've ever heard on the radio was on talk sport. What? When it was the royal wedding when William was marrying whatever her name is Kate. And I thought I need to listen to something that won't be covering this bloody wedding. Yeah. So I put talk sport on, and they were interviewing a footballer. I don't remember who it was. And the bloke was going, "So, uh, so Frank, you uh, you met the uh, the Queen, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was she like?" He said, different class. <laughs> I thought that's the best thing I've ever heard on a radio. <laughs> so I listen to them now exclusively. But, so, are you in a relationship, Nish? Yes. And are you, uh, no kids yet? No kids. Not a 28 with a big beard? No, no kids. Zero, zero, zero on the reproduction count. But plans to? Not in the short term. I oh, know, you have to have them forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, like well. you can't like just go. Wait, I'm out of here. Get back to me in six months. I'll see where I'm at. Let's check in every six months. And so, what what's the plans for you then? Uh, next, are you going up to Edinburgh? Yeah, I got to write a new show. You haven't written it yet. No. That's. Have you any ideas? I got. I got some bits. I got some bits. You want to do a show about Jazz FM? Where yeah, is it on the yeah, dial? Yeah. What's the deal <laughs> with jazz? <laughs> are you not worried about that then? Yeah, constantly. <laughs> yeah, it's really keeping me up at night, Sean. I thought, I thought I'd leave that out for the benefit of your listeners. It's a very stressful time of year for me. Um, have yeah. you, so, have you put it in the programme? Have you got a name for it and stuff? Uh, yes. Go on. Yeah, I think it's got... I think it's got... My show this year is called Long Word, Long Word, blah, 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 I'm so clever. And, and you have no idea what it's about? Stand-up comedy from a clever boy. That's the that's that's the conceit of it. I have like bits of. We don't need Durham but... for fuck's sake, Mish. <laughs> and I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I've got. I've got I'm, I'm going to be there in the front every night. Going. It's only Durham for fuck's sake. You know he. You know he wrote some of this in June. Boo. <laughs> but um. But he doesn't even have kids. Are you actually? You got a beard. <laughs> um. But have you got ideas ready for it though? I've got. Uh, I've got about. I've got I've got a couple of routines that w- that are working. That you're doing on Milton's tour now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but I don't have what I don't have yet is the sort of like the thing that ties the whole thing together, like the reason to start talking. So, which I don't think necessarily matters because maybe th- this year I might just do a more like stand up stand up show. Um, Not for an hour, baby. Well, 
I don't know. It's kind of an interesting challenge to see if I can do that. But no, otherwise, it doesn't work for now. Do you not think so? No. Richard Pryor live in concert? There's a theme going through the whole thing. Is there? Every time. Yes. I'm not sure there is in live in concert. Yes, there is. I, Richard Pryor, I'm yeah. his biggest fan. Yeah. But there's, there's things going through there all the way. But um, Yeah, there's things going through and there. Also, but... Let me point out, when I started doing comedy, I wanted to be Richard Pryor, and I tried to do observational comedy, and I was shit, so I ended up <laughs> doing stuff about Star Trek and stuff. <laughs> so it is, there is a slight difference. Like He is the master. Yeah, yeah. And he makes it... But, like, weirdly, when you look at those... Uh, if anyone hasn't uh, seen it, uh, look at the Richard Pryor live in concert, because he gets heckled at the start of that show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's really uncomfortable. And, yeah. like, you can feel the nerves there as well. Yeah. It's... It, yeah, it's really good but because it I'm feels not saying like for a moment, Nish, that you have to have, like, you know, this show is about yeah, yeah, yeah. drowning, yeah. you know. But it's... Um, it kind of builds and builds and builds. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I mean... But, yeah, I don't have, like... This isn't going to be, like... A sh- this is... I'm not going to be able to ever summarise it, I think, by going, this yeah, is a show about... I blah, totally... Blah, blah. And I think that's... Like, there's so many things going wrong with comedy in that sense. And, like, you're right in the sense of, like, do a stand-up, but make it build and build and build. Yeah. You know, rather than go, I'll just do this routine and then this routine. Yeah, no, it's it, it has to... There has to be, like, a rhythm and a sort of... Like, it's like putting an album together. Like, it has to... There's a reason that... It has to be in a certain order for a reason. Like, Shining in your hands. Yeah, China in your hands, yeah. like, that sort of masterpiece. There has to be there has to be a logical progression of ideas. But what I'm saying is there isn't at the moment there isn't something where I can There's go. Nothing the show is moment. about this thing or that thing. Yeah, I, I totally know where you're coming from, but also I totally think you've got nothing yet. <laughs> Ash, um, we haven't talked about what's happening with you. Like you're writing lots of scripts at the moment, which is a nightmare because like you're at the kind of deal of other people all the time, aren't you? Yeah, so, yeah, I'm writing quite a lot of That's the thing that me and Eunice don't have to do with. Ash has to do with this all the time. Yeah. People are saying, we just go out and the audience goes, yeah. (laughs) But you, my friend. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, I spend my life in development. That's what I do. Yeah. I think as a screenwriter, that's what you do. Your catchphrase, no, like, Ash is one of my best friends, but his catchphrase is... uh, I'm in a meeting. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite a lot of meetings. People that's what love having meetings. They do. They do love having meetings. A writer said to me years ago, producers, beware producers who want meetings. Yeah. Beware they, producers who want meetings. Yeah, because they just want to get out of their office and they want to meet a writer for half an hour. But um, And talk shit. But obviously I haven't listened to that advice because I've been in meetings 12 hours a day ever since. <laughs> Coming from that situation of... Having done that, yeah, where you just go, yeah, I've got this idea, I'm going to go out and say it, yeah. And when you come up with a brilliant idea now, and then all of a sudden, you're in a room where people are going, that's not very good. Well, I'm, I'm sort of, yeah. I mean, it depends who you're working with. I mean, I, some people I work with, yeah, I'm very lucky with, but they're sort of they get what I want. They're brilliant, and but a lot of the time, that doesn't you do happen spend... very often, though, does it? No, I mean it's happening at the moment a bit. I've got you know, but I, I, I think that. Generally, what you do is, if you're a screenwriter, if I wanted to have a big voice, I'd be a playwright. Right? If you're a screenwriter, you're you've giving those well, power. To be fair, yeah, and a playwright, you know. But if you if you write screenplays, whether it's television or or film, it's not whatever people say, and it's not a, it's not a negative thing. It's just not about you. I mean, it's just not. It's about the director. It's about the producer. It's about the finances. So you're ultimately they love your idea. Your your idea is where it all starts, and then they go, great, we can make it into this. 
So that's kind of how it works. So you spend years fighting it, and then you get to the point where you go... Because ultimately they're saying, do you want to make it or not? That's what they're saying. And But you, you you're do, talking you about just... in a situation where they're disagreeing with your idea. No, I mean, they're generally they won't buy the idea if they don't like the idea. But no, but I'm talking about... In, After that process has gone on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I spend a lot of my time, you know I do, so in script meetings going, just trying to find ways of not leaving the room. All right. <laughs> you know. Right. We're going to finish now, but I want you to tell me the words that go through your head when they say something that you just disagree with. With, with, with vehemence. This is like but Bible it, scream therapy for you. Yeah, yeah, it, even, yeah, though yeah. All out. even though you're nodding, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking. I, I'm thinking. I just don't want to ever write again or be in this room. I thought it'd be a bit better than that. <laughs> but, um, that's unfortunate to end the show with. It was really. true though. We it's ended true. it on. It well, had the, weren't you? Truth. Weren't you expecting this going? You fucking idiot! I thought it would be a more. <laughs> no. I've gone past that more... stage. I've gone past the you're a fucking idiot stage. I've now got to the point in my life where I just go. I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's dark. Well, you know, that's where you get to. <laughs> but only about that, because I feel that about... If you've been, writing, if you've been yeah. working on a film for seven years and you, and you get to a point where they're going, we're nearly there, Oof. you go, I, I, I just want to run a grocery shop or maybe a second-hand bookshop. That's what I'm thinking. That I'm went, thinking about well, that's escape quite, plans. See, he's quite good, isn't he? Yeah. He's quite clever. Like, it's, it's quite nice to have. I, I've just begun, I'm going to jump off this bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I've been, been through the job You've got a plan things. B that's not suicide. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I've got a loaded gun with me at all times. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But that's for use on producers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I think you should work for the Samaritans. And, yeah, that'd uh, go well. When they're just going, <laughs> I really want to kill myself again. You, you do. Think of, uh, you do. Doing a second-hand Have you ever thought about killing other people? <laughs> you should go to a script meeting. Ash, you, you know, I was saying Ash, but I said, meant this. You can't say that with your beard. <laughs> <laughs> I can say what I want when I want. Thank All right, you. come on, say it now, then. <laughs> Are you inviting me to threaten the West? <laughs> <laughs> the West? That's a bit of an ending. No one ever mentioned that. I really feel like you're searching for an ending, and what you want is for me to do some sort of ISIS by shout-out. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction, Sean. I have nothing but love for the West and the East. Did you know John, though? No, I did not know John. <laughs> I did not it, know John. It, that's quite racist, isn't it? I think I did. Actually. I genuinely <laughs> think he played in the cricket club I played at. No. Really? I think he did. But no, that's even more racist. No, it's that's not racist. Exclusive. I think he did. I think he batted six and bowled leg spin. I do. I don't no, think I you can remember the position yeah. he batted in I as remember well. him. I think I remember him. Would well, you remember thinking, he's a killer? No, I don't think he's, his name, his he's name got is, a hell of a googly on him. Isn't his name Mohammed M. Wazi? Yeah. yeah. That's the name. That's wow. the name, and it rang a bell with me, and I thought... But oh. John's much more kind of... Yeah, yeah Jihadi John is, I mean... I don't it know might not be him, obviously. I, I, to be fair, actually, I don't think it was. Cricket him. is a very frustrating game. You know, it can lead you to dark things. Well, frustrating in the sense of, like, you know... You know. All my years have been anti-British and anti-cricket, and all of a sudden Ireland have got a really good cricket yeah, team. Yeah, Ireland have got a good Cup. cricket team. You win two and World Cups in one your, year. And even England's captain. England's captain's yeah, Irish. Morgan, yeah. yeah, unbelievable. That's a turn-off. How depressed is he? I must say, uh, yeah. Rob, we finish. I, I went to see uh, Ice Sport Chris Palace, and uh, Martin O'Neill was at the game. Yeah. And he's, you know, the Irish manager. Yeah. I just went up and went, I'm so delighted you're... Our manager, and really, he, yeah, and he was delightful. And uh, I, I bet he is. But 
there's a couple of Everton players. We were playing Everton, and uh, yeah. there's a couple of Irish players there. But we've got an Irish defender called Delaney. Yeah. And I went, are you here to look at Delaney? He went, Sean, he's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> because is he still now, is, if I got this right, he's still in what I can describe as football's ultimate good cop, bad cop relationship. Because isn't it Roy him Keane. and Roy Keane yeah. the assistant manager? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is... Outsta- that is an outstanding but mixture of personalities. Martin is, uh, he's renowned for, uh, he studies criminology. Does he? Yeah. He's obsessed wow. by forensics and stuff. So he's got, the, he's got him close, he's kept him close. Yeah. Well, Keane. that's good, because Roy Keane is a potential murderer, yeah. so Martin O'Neill may be I, called in one day to Roy solve Keane's the murder. Kind of, I, it's that weird thing of, uh, I didn't like Roy Keane for a long time, and now yeah. I actually do like him. Have you read his book? No. It's like the autobiography of a serial killer. It is absolutely terrifying. It's written in that same sort of minimal psychopathic prose that you associate with the diary of a madman. Yeah, but like... he didn't write it, though. But somebody so has decided some to capture the his... Some guy from the son is Somebody killer. has decided to capture his voice and I gone... I saw his knee, I hurt his <laughs> yeah, knee. Yeah, that's exactly it. But... <laughs> but listen, guys, thanks so much. And we've... Mr X, I'm so sorry. Obviously, you wanted to keep on the cover, so that was all right. But we were talking about the uh, the impact of... Uh, so, apparently, people can't get into MI5 if they've got tattoos. There are only certain places where we might consider it. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it, Mr X. Uh, you've been listening to One of the Radar with Sean Hughes, Ash Ditter, Nish Kimura. Uh, listen up.